Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast. I'm super excited to be here. As usual, sometimes a little too excited. Um, I get like all ramped up in this. And I take my pre-workout because I love my pre-workout. So if you are not fully caffeinated um, when you listen to this podcast, I I am sorry. Um, I can't, I don't know. I feel like every time I can't, this is not one of your calm podcasts, just in general. I'm not saying this episode, I'm just going to be me. Um, I can't really picture somebody like waking up at 5.30 and like pouring that first cup of coffee and being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to Lauren. I, I think I myself, I actually know for a fact, I have done this to myself early in the morning when Kirby was like editing and I could hear me and I was like, oh, too much. Um... So yeah, so I want to know what your level of caffeination is right now while you're listening to this episode, uh, just for just for shits and giggles. So take a screenshot and uh, send it to me on Instagram and let me know um, if you're just waking up, if you can handle that, or if you like need to slam five cups of coffee before you listen, like what's your state of mind when you go in and you press play on the She Slays the Day podcast? Okay, so I have good news. Oh, I wonder how that clap's going to come through. I promised Kirby I wouldn't make him edit this episode just because he's been a little stressed lately. So I'm like, I'm going to do this in one take. Don't worry, honey. Um, so, you know, because our other episodes are so uh, perfectly, any of my tangents, you know, you can tell they're very, very edited and professional. <laughs> Anyways, so we have good news and we have bad news. The good news is that today is not going to be a sales pitch for uh, Revive, my master class that I've been talking about for the last month, um, and that going forward on Instagram and in your email, there we're not going to talk about it anymore, um, because the bad news is, maybe this is bad news, um, is that it's closed, so this is releasing, when is this going to release? I don't know, like near the end of May. That would have been a good thing to have written down. Oh, on the 24th. Um, and we were going to have open cart until June 1st or May 31st at midnight. And we actually filled up. So I apologize to anybody who was kind of waiting on the fence and like was thinking about it. Um, but we did say there were limited seats and uh, the, the limited has gone. <laughs> we have reached capacity. Um, so I apologize if that is bad news to you, but good news that we can go back to normal and I'm not selling anymore. Um, if you do want to make sure that, so like, I will tell you that through, oh my gosh, I learned so much, so much with this launch. I will probably do an entire episode on what I learned from launching this. Um, but one thing I will say is there's about 40% of you that I'm not convinced actually get the emails. Um, so if you, you know, if you want to make sure you're getting emails, if you're kind of like, I didn't see anything uh, for the 60% of people who do know, they're like, oh girl, she wouldn't shut up about it. And then the 40% of you who are like, I didn't see anything. Uh, make sure 
I would go to bit.ly forward slash next time 2020. Um, if you want to make sure that you're getting those emails. And uh, if we're going to do revive again, then you will be if you're on that list, you'll be one of the first to be notified if we open it up for a second class. Um, so again, that is bit bit dot ly forward slash next time. There are two T's in that. Kirby wanted me to make sure you know how to spell next time, uh, 2020. And next time is all lowercase, bit.ly forward slash next time 2020. Um, and that way you will be notified, um, you know, with what happens. Okie dokie. So let's move on to our listener highlight. Um, so this one is, uh, says a voice like me, five stars. And it says, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I love my fangirls. They speak like me. Oh, because it says a voice like me. Oh, I get it. Coincidental. Yeah. Okay. So it says, I'm a recent graduated doc as of September 2018 and have started a practice in my hometown. This podcast inspired me that I could take the leap and dive into starting my own thing and gives me motivation and ideas constantly on how to manage my little baby practice too. Most importantly, I can hear a voice that sounds like me. I'm an Enneagram 3. I'm excitable. I swear. I go off on tangents and forget what I was saying. In the beginning, I was always trying to appear so together, so knowledgeable, and so professional, but it has been amazing hearing someone who talks the way I do, giving inspiring, funny, and relatable content. Thank you so much for creating this podcast. Love always, Dr. Evelyn. Um, thank you, Dr. Evelyn. And yes, us Enneagram 3s, we, uh, we are very excitable. And holy moly, um, <laughs> us threes and sevens, we get uh, off on tangents and because we get excited by shiny, by shiny things. Um, and yeah, when, you know, when it comes to the idea of feeling like you needed to act a certain way, you know, I don't know how old you are, but when I graduated, um, I was 24, like super young, like not like 24 going on 25. I was like 24 in three months. And I definitely felt like I needed to act a certain way and be a certain way. Now, what I will say is at 24, I was still at a stage in my life where if like my jam got on the jukebox, uh, I would be the one to get on the bar and like dance and like say like, and you get a shot and you get a shot and he's paying for him. So I did have to kind of like pretend that that wasn't who I was. <laughs> So you don't get to be just like totally your authentic self. Um, now at 33, when I've been in practice for almost 10 years and I have two kids, I mean, I'm less likely to get on the bar. But if I felt really compelled to do so, I would do it. <laughs> but, you know, so yes, but in practice, what I will say, not when you're in a bar situation, um, being authentic is important. Like there's nothing saying that you have to present the knowledge in your brain like um, a bookworm or somebody who's super analytical. Like you can still do it from a place of passion and it's going to come really authentically. You know, people are going to see no matter what your style is, um, being authentic is going to convert and sell and communicate so much more. Okay, so today's topic, um, you guys, I might be going a little cuckoo over here. Uh, with two kids being at home, I am on, I'm in the um, group of people who have seen Frozen 2, I don't know, let's see, if I had to guess, like 30 sometimes. And then if you ask me how many times I have listened to the soundtrack. Well, that is probably daily uh, because that's what our kids like to listen to, especially when I bribe them, like, let's play music and clean the house. Um, that only works sometimes, by the way. Now, there is a lot of philosophy to be gotten from Frozen 2. And I hear you going, wait, Lauren, you have lost, you're off your rocker, damn it, woman. No, I'm not, guys. Trust me, hear me out here. Um, it is a really, it's cool. It's funny how many quotes are in that movie that are like very deep lessons that kind of just like go under the radar and can be applied to right now. 
So today's episode is six lessons we can learn from Frozen 2 and how they can be applied to life right now. Now, before you get all undies in a bundle, one, there are no spoiler alerts, so don't worry um, if you have not seen Frozen 2. And then two, if you have not seen Frozen 2, this you will still get a lot out of this episode, I promise. Um, you just won't find it as funny as I do. Uh, but really, who cares? Like, right? This whole podcast is just to make me laugh. Um, and if you laugh, that's a bonus. Okay, but you know what we got to do before we jump in. We're going to take a deep breath. And we're going to pray. Dear God, thank you so much for um, the blessings that you have brought to my family and to everybody listening. Uh, help us open up our minds every single day to continue this growth and do the hard work, the really, really hard work that um, you are asking of us, that the universe is asking us to do, to do our part, uh, even though sometimes it seems so small and insignificant in the problems that we have going on. Um, remind us that like this is how it works. Every single animal, every single leaf on a tree has its purpose and its duty in this whole world and the moving picture. So remind us that our problems can be worked through, that we have so much more power. You have enabled us with that power and uh, just to feel empowered moving forward. In your name we pray. Amen. You guys, I totally got side distracted because during my prayer because I said the word duty. <laughs> yep. Uh, sign number 1700 that I am losing my mind and have had too much caffeine um, because I'm a five-year-old who gets sidetracked by the word duty while praying to God. Okie dokie. So let's jump in. So number one, and I've put these uh, kind of in order. They're not necessarily in order to the movie. They kind of are. Sorry to the you guys out there who are like, mm, that actually came after. But I had to put them like more in philosophical, emotional relevance. So number one is a quote by Elsa and Anna's mom. And it's in the very first song of the entire movie. And it is, when all is lost, all is found. Okay, so this is such a profound thing that we, I mean, we're so going through. What I want to start by saying is that we have to realize that so many of us talk about self-growth and self-care and all of this stuff. And whether it's personal growth or professional growth or like growth in the gym, whatever the gains may be. It must be forced upon us. So let's talk about something very small, such as growth gains in the gym. In order to lose weight, build muscle, you have to push yourself way past a place that like you should want to. Like, yeah, some freaks get like they eventually like it. But like when you're new to the idea of exercise for gains of some sort, there's this point where you're like, I don't think that this feels good. I don't, I don't think, I think I'm doing this wrong. And anybody experienced will go like, no, that's what's, that's what's happening. This is where the progress happens. And a very similar thing happens in life. When you go like, this is really, really hard. If you look back, and this is a good exercise, if you look back and think of two or three moments in your life that were transformational, um, and they, they don't need to be big transformational. I mean, they can be things like that really didn't have much to do with you. Maybe your parents got divorced. Maybe you had to switch schools. And like, they, it doesn't have to be even in the last five years. Just when you look back at your life and you're like, whoa, that was, that pivoted. So don't think like, what were the hardest things? Like, what were the things that pivoted you and were a part of making who you are today listening to this podcast? More than likely, they're not gonna be 
happy, easy things. Even if you're like, well, I got accepted into chiropractic school. Yeah. And was that easy? Was um, organic chemistry in undergrad easy? Like, no, you had to work your butt off to get to that point. So it's a lot of times at these moments, these moments that end up transforming us into who we were truly put here to be. Because you know, you know, listening, we were not all created to be images of Rachel Hollis. We were not all put here to be um, replicas of each other. Okay, like, so think of whatever female or male that you put on a pedestal, like, good for them. That's great. I'm not, I'm not like against you having a mentor, but you know that you're not here to be them, right? And so the path to discovering who you were put here to be often requires stripping away all of the layers that society and we subconsciously have put on ourselves, and is just blurring. It's like we can't see through all of the layers of bullshit that we've like put on to see who we are supposed to be. So in order to find and get one step closer, because guess what? Like, <laughs> there's not this perfect person, like this perfect idea that's on the other side. Like, I just want to like say that, that this is a journey, but like, you cannot begin to take steps forward until you lose all of that baggage, all of those layers that you're carrying with you. So once you strip that away, you know, when we apply this to what we're going through right now, so many things have been stripped from us, our freedoms. Um, but when you look Look at who you are right now, the integrity that you're showing up for your family with, okay? Like maybe you're showing up really vulnerable and you're teaching your kids how to process through grief or stress. That's uniquely you. How you are showing up in that is uniquely you. Maybe you are um, showing up and prioritizing your health and you're showing your kids like that during times of stress, you're not gonna revert back and fall off the bandwagon and that like running is really good for your mind. Like whatever it is, how you're showing up personally and professionally for the people you're leading, whether it's um, your roommate in college, whether it is your mother, whether it's your husband, whether it's your child, whether it's your coworker, how you're showing up right now is the stripped down version of you under pressure. And this, this is where we start to strike gold. And this is the good stuff. Maybe, you know, maybe you're closed, but guess what? You, things are coming back, right? Your, your patients are slowly messaging you. I really need to get in. I need to call. Um, maybe you've been having to deal with virtual church, but you're looking and it is going to reopen. The things that were stripped away were not your patience, were not your brand, were not your faith, were not your integrity. So, I mean, it's kind of a big, profound thing. And that, like, I could do an entire episode just on this, but we're going to move along uh, to sentence number two or quote number two. This is from Grandpappy. Um, you might remember him from the first Frozen. If you haven't even seen Frozen 1, I don't, I don't even know if we can be friends. Um, but anyways, Grandpappy's the troll rock thing. So this one is, when one can see no future, all one can do is the next right thing. Okay, so as this releases, it is May 24th. Uh, a lot of us I mean, not even just us listening, a lot of the world was kind of waiting until mid to end May to kind of go like, okay, let's see if the dust is settled and what the future is going to look like. So a lot of us were, us listening, were waiting for the world to kind of tell us what the future is going to look like. And depending on the state you're in, and depending on the community you're in, I know for me in the last week, as things have, 
as uh, laws about like stay at home have worn off, there's a lot of meetings that are looking to the summer and things are getting canceled. And, um, you know, you're kind of looking forward going like, oh, crap, the dust isn't settled. And so they're kind of kicking the can, right? Like we don't know whether things are going to be normal in the fall now. So now they're what uh, policymakers and not even like policymakers, like superintendents of schools and um, all of these different people who hold power to make decisions. Uh, they're kind of a lot of them are saying like, Ugh, well, it's not normal. Um, we'll kind of like kick it to the fall and see where we're at then. And if you're not careful, you will waste the next four months. Wait, hold on. Sendal, May, June, July, August. Okay, three to four months. Waiting for the fall to tell you if the dust has settled yet. Okay? And I can already tell you from like statements, like little media slips here and there that they're already talking about like, ah, it's going to be 10 times worse in the winter. Like, holy shit. Oh my gosh, you guys. I'm not going to. I see the soapbox. Okay, I see it. It's right next to me. I'm not going to step on it. No, I'm not going to. Mm -mm. I'm going to keep keep focused. Okay. So when it comes to not knowing the future, the first thing we have to realize is neither do the people that we're looking to to tell us what the future is. So stop waiting for policymakers to tell you it's okay to start planning your business, your life. Um, unless you were in a state where like they literally said you could not be open, then definitely look to the policymakers to tell you. But anyways, so whether you are doing virtual schooling or you're trying to come up with your marketing plan, whatever it is, you're stuck because you're waiting. And therefore, you're not really doing anything. And I know you can't predict what's going to happen in the fall. Neither can they. But what you need to do is you need to understand that you are dynamic. Now, that is a stupid cliche painted on a board sentence like, I'm dynamic. Let's break that down a second. Again, look back on your life. Now, this time, I want you to look back specifically at the times that sucked sucked really bad. Okay, for me, I'll give you an example. I, um, I failed. Oh my god, my patients who are listening are like, Oh my god, I should not go to this chiropractor. Anyways, um, I failed um, a uh, what were they called where you had to like, actually, it wasn't a written test, a practical um, for uh, using physical therapy units. Now, in my defense, yeah, I see the soapbox and I am going to defend myself for a second. We had like eight different machines that would do EMS uh, or ultrasound and all this stuff. And there was one called the fridge. Nobody wanted it because it was literally from the 60s and it used like wet sponges and like it and you had to like do it. It was ridiculous that we would even be tested on it. It was like something where I was like, oh, no, no, no. I would never use this in my practice. But anyway, so it was like a luck of the draw. I got the stupid fridge thing that I had to hook the patient up to on stem. <laughs> In his words, um, I would have green mild the patient. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, if you don't know what that reference is, basically I would have electrocuted them. Um, so I failed and I cried. I cried. I cried. Like it really, really sucked. I'm not going to go through like what I had to, but like those are the kind of moments that I want you to look back and go like, Yep. Okay. Identify those moments where you were down. You were like, this is bad. This is really bad. And then what'd you do? And then what did you do? You probably survived because you're listening. You probably pivoted, made a plan. You did something that kept you moving forward. So what I'm asking you to do is to trust yourself that what is going to happen in August or September or December, you're going to handle it then. Are there going to be tears? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know you, boo. Um, but that doesn't mean you, you're going to handle it. Like, it's going to happen. Um, 
And I need you, you don't need to schedule the next three months. What I want you, because guess what? Okay, most of the people, if you're like a really, really, really important person and you're like, um, actually, people are looking to me to determine what September is going to look like. Like if you're in charge of a school and having to make, you know, plans for whether school is going to reopen in the fall or yada, yada, then okay, this is not for you. Most of us can just focus on the next step. Now, I'm someone who used to have an entire, like, so in November of every year, we plan out our entire year's marketing calendar, okay? We spend like four hours as a team planning what talks, what subjects, are they going to be virtual? Are they going to be live? So I definitely had to eat dirt, eat dirt through this. I'm not even planning what August is going to look like. Like, we're hoping to be able to do an in-person um, ADHD sensory workshop. But I don't know. I don't know. That's what like works for us to bring in new patients. So what are we looking at? We're looking at June. We're looking at what are we doing in June that is people are going to feel comfortable coming to, that is going to connect with our patients, that is going to continue our brand. And we're just going to, we're just taking it one step at a time. Um, personally, if you're not running a practice, like, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to graduate on time. I don't know. Like if you're not in chiropractic school or a chiropractor, like stop looking to the fall and wasting that energy on that. You just need to figure out what your next step is. Okay. Number three, this one is by Olaf and it's change moxa with her beauty. Um, guys, I just, I laugh in my head. Uh, um, so the point here is this one's like, okay, again, cliche. Yes, I find that most philosophy is really cliche. Um, but that might just be me because I am a heartless kind of person. So when I hear like things that I'm like, oh, isn't that sweet? But let's break it down again. Right now, we must be appreciating smaller things. So these are things like the earth is recovering. Like, oh my gosh, it is so cool when you see, I don't know if any of this shit is true, by the way, like talk about fake news, but this is the kind of fake news that I'm okay with. Um, like something about like there's dolphins that are swimming somewhere they are, have never done before because the water was so polluted and you can see through the water in Venice and like the rainforest and like in China for the first time, the smog and yada, yada, like the earth is healing. That's pretty cool. Our bodies are detoxifying. Our adrenal glands are recovering kind of. Um, basically, our blessings through this have been reset. You know, our kids are playing outside more because we're like, okay, your options are to get outside or learn on your tablet. Like we are having to, you know, be more okay with messes at home because we're living there. So like the house doesn't get as messy. So whatever it looks like, those examples might not be relevant to you. What I'm saying is, is you don't have to pretend it's okay to appreciate the tiny things that are happening right now. I'll say that again. You don't have to pretend that this is okay, but allow yourself to move past the negative. Just because you start to switch your focus and see the beauty in all of this doesn't mean that you're accepting this. I see a lot of things of like, I refuse to accept this as normal. That's okay. I'm girl. I'm with you. Like this is bullshit. I think we're all being brainwashed. See, oh, soapbox. Not stepping on it. I'm going to move past it. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that you're okay with it. And you're like, ah, I'm just going to go with the flow. And I guess this will happen. You know, I think what I would compare this to is like, it's like when you get in a fight with your spouse. And like, you can't really like just go through the fight because your kids are around and you're like, oh, but when they go to bed, it is on. We are going to settle this. I am so mad at you. Um, and so like, you know, your kids are around and you're doing dishes and like your spouse says something funny and you kind of want to laugh because it's funny, but you're mad at him. And you know, in that moment, like I can't laugh because then he'll think I'm not really mad and then he'll win. And I don't have a chance of winning when I finally put the kids to bed. 
This is not that situation, okay? Like, girl, I hear you. Yeah, don't laugh at this joke because that will soften and you will not win. I'm just kidding. That's actually not how Kirby and I approach um, fighting at all. But it's okay. It's okay to see the beauty and still say like, but I'm not okay with this. Like there's nothing okay about this. Yeah, I know. I've been seeing the posts also. I've probably posted like 17 of those posts myself. Like this is not okay. Yeah, I hear you. Can we move forward now? Can we move forward and say like, well, this is the shit load of whatever that we've been dealt, no matter what your situation is and go like, there are some beautiful things in this change and we can start to see them. Okay, so number four. Number four, oh gosh, what's his name? It's General Atreus, General Mateus, General, I don't know. It's like the soldier who was like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> almost gave you a spoiler alert there. Nope. Um, okay, so anyways, it's from the general. And he says, just when you think you found your way, life will throw you onto a new path. So <laughs> this is kind of going with the other one of like, okay, what do we say to patients all the time, right? And if you don't say this to patients, you should. Healing isn't linear. We think that, all right, what, what happens from rock bottom is that there's this linear progression forward and that when we're at rock bottom, all of a sudden we can see the clear path all the way to the end. And have you learned nothing from this? You can, there, there isn't an end that we have control of from here until then. Again, the end is the grave. There is no real end. It's the path out. You don't get to see the entire path, but yet we try and plan for it, right? We go like, okay, so I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then the patients are going to do this, and then I, like... And as soon as you start getting a little bit of traction, life is going to pivot you. It's going to do something completely different. And that's okay. Um, kind of back to like, just focus on what the next thing is. Stop trying to control. You have zero control. Just focus on moving forward and trust that you will be able to pivot when life changes the plan. I'm okay with you making a plan. I'm not saying don't try and have a plan for the next three months, six months, a year. That's cool. But please don't hold on to it with like white knuckle grip. Because then what's going to happen is you are risking yourself hitting rock bottom again. It's going to take you down so much stronger the harder you hold on to it, the more it will take you down. So when we talk about letting go of, of this control, so many people are stuck and they're like, I can't let go of the control. I have bills to pay. I have children to take care of. And I'm not saying let go of the responsibilities. I'm saying let go of the idea that you have any control. Move forward because you're going, you're going to start moving forward. And then what's going to happen? Something, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad week. You're going to have a failure that you didn't see coming. And you're like, oh my God, I'm right back to where I was. No, you're not back in square one. So just like with our patients where we go, yeah, you're having some great days. I'm glad you haven't had a headache in a week. And then what do they do? They come in and they go, oh my God, I had the worst headache that I've had in months. Do we go, oh, shoot. Maybe that means this isn't working. No, the body is adapting. Your neurology, your neurological patterns are shifting. This is okay. I have seen this. And if you're new in practice or you're a student, this is what happens, okay? Um, with sensory kids, it's, all it's called a neurological detox. We're basically, you know, like a month or two in, all of a sudden the parents are like, holy cow, what is happening? And the body, it, like things are way worse. I thought we were doing good. And it's like the body is detoxing these patterns. It's okay. This is a part of healing. So realize that as you start moving forward, as you start making these plans and shit just continues to get thrown at you, it is okay. If things are working out perfectly, I mean, you should duck because something's about to happen. Like, it's just, it's not going to work out. Um, my favorite image here 
is always, I always go back to the stream. Um, this probably has to do with a lot of the fact that like I view God in a energy flow that streams through the universe and us and, you know, each one of us, every single one of our cells, you're, you have access to the stream, but you don't have control over that stream. So picture yourself like a little leaf, little leaf that has fallen from a tree and has landed in a stream. That stream is going to go around rocks and bends. And sometimes you might get kind of stuck in a little like pool where you might just spin for a little bit and that's okay. Eventually a surge of energy will come and take you out of there and you'll continue down the stream. You can resist or you can flow. Okay. Like I don't want to like be bringing in finding Nemo quotes here, but like the whole, like just keep swimming. Like, yeah, yes, kind of. I prefer to turn that into like just keep floating. Do a back float, babe. That's why they teach it in like to young kids because they go like, it's one of the very first skills to get from level one of swimming to level two. Holy cow. And it took my kids forever to freaking get to level two <laughs> is you must be able to do a back float. Why? Because they know that when push comes to shove, they cannot depend on training a child to swim for 10 minutes straight or whatever the amount of time. They have no idea what the future will throw at them. One of the easiest things to save a child's life or a person's life in a water situation is to utilize the least amount of energy to stay alive, and that is to do a back float. So just picture yourself like a little leaf doing a back float down the river, okay? Okay, so quote number five is from Elsa, and it is, show yourself, step into your power. So this is the time where the self-work is happening. Now, I don't want to put pressure on you because whether you realize it or not, you've been doing the self-work. Now there's more intentional work like shadow work where you're journaling and you're doing all this stuff and yeah, yeah, yeah. But whether or not you realize it, all of the hardships that you have been dealing with and pivoting and all of the decisions, you're here. You're not from square one. When pe people just put so much pressure on themselves when we talk about like growth and personal development, they think they need to like sit down with a journal and like do this and like, is that what it can look like? Absolutely. But every, whether you realize it or not, subconsciously, you have been starting to peel the layers, all the tears, all the frustration, all the anxiety, that's been a part of it. And just like we talked about in number one, which was when all is lost, all is found, what you're left with when you strip this away is you. And now is time to start looking at the insecurities. Look at your ego. What were you chasing before? Were you happy? What is gonna make you happy going forward? And this would be beneficial if you felt like doing a little bit of journaling, but in order to step into your power, now, okay, just for those of you who are still feeling a little beat up and bruised and you're like, I don't have power. Lauren, like I just, I've been drained. There is no stepping into my power that I have. Girl, you couldn't be further from the truth. You don't have to jump into your power and throw like lightning bolts or icicles out of your fingers. For some people, that's what stepping into their power looks like, specifically Elsa. But for you, stepping into your power is taking that step forward, really analyzing that hard work of like, what do I want to move forward into? What is uniquely me? Dive deep, figure out what were my insecurities that showed up through this process? Um, you know, for a lot of people, it, you know, if they're practicing, it's going to be their attachment to their numbers it's going to be their attachment to their finances. Um, and I can tell you that you are not uniquely put here to make a million dollars. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break it to you. You were not uniquely here to pay off your loans in six years. You were not uniquely here to graduate in December of 2020. Like all of that is just stuff and expectations that has nothing to do with the purpose that you were put here to fulfill. So the things that you were holding on to, show that to yourself. Show yourself to you. Okay, I'm not saying like go out to the world and being like, this is me. Like when I say show yourself, look into the mirror and go like, what has hurt the most in this? What have I struggled to let go of the most in this? When I feel beaten up and bruised, what did it to me? Because a lot of times you're going to see these insecurities and points where your ego is holding on and revealing it to yourself and going like, interesting. I cried when my husband said we may have to turn in the Audi and get a cheaper monthly payment car. Interesting. Like, what is that? Why is that? That work is go that process right there of looking at that and going, huh, that's interesting. Why did that hurt so much? That is stepping into your power. Okay. Like I said, stepping into your power is not being an Enneagram eight and stepping into the room all like, boom, I'm here. No, for an Enneagram eight, that might be, I don't know. Um, for most of us, when I say step into your power, it is stepping in the most powerful thing that you have in every cell of your body is when you act from your truest form of yourself. So anything that gets you into that truest form of yourself, there you go. You are closest to your power than you ever can imagine. Okay. The last one, number six, you were the one you were waiting for. It's also Elsa. Um, and it kind of goes, I mean, these all really go together. Um, now, side note, faith junkies, I do want to take this small tangent of like, I, I am very sensitive to uh, verbiage that is very like, I did this. I'm the powerful one. It's me. It's my life. Life by design. Yeah, I like I'm very, you know, <laughs> what am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is that, yes, I recognize the power that is flowing through me is not me. It's not Lauren Brunswick um, and it's not you. So when I I believe that, again, God is the energy. It's in me. So me stepping into my power is stepping into the power that God wants for me. Um, so when I say you were the one you were waiting for, I don't mean like, oh, girl, I just needed Lauren to show up. No, I mean, like God is like, Lauren, when are you going to freaking be the version of you that I created you to be? Now, he's also understanding and like, girl, I love you. It's OK. You're going to do you. So he's like, you know, he. God speaks to us each differently. But for me, God is like that motivating that is like, girl, okay, move on. I love you. I see your path forward and it's awesome. I'll be patient. If you need 17 years to move forward, I'm good with that. Grace is a good thing, but pick it up. I am waiting for you to be who I made you to be. So many of us, this kind of comes back to the planning, are putting our dependence on our happiness, waiting for others to make a decision, okay? Coming back to the policymakers, we are waiting until our practice returns to full steam. We're waiting until school is back in session so our kids are not at home and we're not juggling being a stay-at-home parent. We're waiting until our spouse goes back to work. We're waiting until school is normal and we're there seeing real people again. We're waiting until soccer start. Like, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. <laughs> we have to stop waiting for others to allow us to be present and happy with ourselves. Again, we don't have to be happy with what is happening in all of this. 
but you can be happy and save yourself in this moment. You can pull yourself up. Stop waiting for a decision to be made in your state or in your county or in the country or in the world to save you from whatever you're going through, whether it's anxiety or mild depression or just some sadness or just like being stuck. Maybe you're like, well, I'm not sad. I'm fine. I just feel, eh. Like, okay, let's move past, eh. Because usually others are not going to go like, okay, Kathy, I am finally going to make a decision that's validating to you and is going to make you super happy. All, everybody out there is just making decisions for themselves. And yet we're stuck waiting for others to make decisions for us. Does that make sense? Like people are making, people are out there realizing that they're saving themselves. They're making decisions for themselves that validate themselves, that work for themselves. But we get stuck going like, will you like make a decision that's going to be in my best interest? And it's like, yes. How often does that really, really work out for us? So you must do what is going to bring you joy right now. And you can't depend on the market or the others to respond. We have to unmarry you from putting your joy in the results of your actions. Okay? So like, you're going to start making action. And that making action, making plans, taking action, tether your game plan to what is going to bring you joy and fulfillment. Don't tether it. Don't make a game plan that if everything works out, then the end result will bring me joy. Do you see the difference? I'll say it again. So like a lot of us think about the result that we think will bring us joy and then we work backwards and go, okay, what actions do I think I need to do to get that result? And then, you know what? Life is freaking Yahtzee. So sometimes we do that action and it does work in that result. And we're like, oh, good. I got that joy. And then sometimes we do something and it totally does not get that result. And then you're like, why? Why didn't it do it? And then you don't that, get that joy. You deprive yourself from that. That's the problem. What I would rather is think about the result. Okay, great. Yep. You want to grow. You want to, you know, start a practice. You want to leave your job. You want to do whatever. That's right. But what actions can you take right now that the action itself will start to bring fulfillment and transformation and joy and likely or hopefully will get you towards the end result? You know, the most vain and like universally, um, concept or analogy that I can make and it's 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 such a funny small picture thing but like this can be applied to a big picture think about your Instagram or your Facebook account or your Snapchat or whatever not on Snapchat so many people go like okay um I see that when Jenna Kutcher posts a picture of herself and she like talks about how she loves her roles and like and she's wearing like swimsuit and this and that like she gets like thousands of likes it's her most popular stuff like okay I want a lot of new followers and likes and like yeah so okay I'll post a picture of me in a swimming suit even though I don't have a great swimsuit body and okay so I'm gonna post it and then I'm gonna like say something and then everyone's gonna respond great okay what happens when nobody responds all of a sudden you're like oh god I'm not Jenna Kutcher. It's okay for Jenna Kutcher to show her roles, but I'm, I'm not. And all of a sudden, instead of getting joy and all of that, like you feel shame. So instead, when you're talking about your content, it's got to be something that like posting this is a part of me and my progress and my transformation. And I get joy from being bold enough and brave enough to speak my truth. And if 10 people like it and nobody comments, it's okay because I posted it for me. That's the difference. Okay. So like, hopefully taking such a small analogy helps you apply that to a bigger sense as well, whether it's marketing or planning or whatever. Okay, y'all. So this was six 
sentences or quotes from Frozen 2 that can be applied to life right now. Now, if you have not been motivated at this point to go watch Frozen 2, I think you should. It's a great movie. And look for the quotes, okay? Um, and if you're like, well, I don't have Disney+. Plus. Oh, girl, somebody in your life has Disney+, Plus that you can rip off their password. Like, we know you've got access. If you really want to, you can. Um, so, I love you. Um, we're all, we're all doing great. I mean, sometimes when we get really deep and philosophical, it's kind of like, whoa, Lauren, you okay? I mean, I'm doing, we're all doing fantastic. Just sometimes we need these little reminders of like, yep, we're all in the same boat. We're weathering the storm. This is good. This is really, really good. Allow yourself to stop resisting this and just be like, uh-huh, there's some there's some shit that is happening here and it is so much bigger than me. It is so much bigger than whether my daughter goes to school in the fall again. Is that going to suck if she doesn't? Yeah. Do I think there is something bigger energetically that is happening on a universal um, place, stage? I do. I really do. And so I'm just going to do my part and I'm just going to wake up and get dressed every day. And I'm going to cry on the days I need to cry. And I am going to listen to on the days where I'm feeling powerful and making moves. I'm going to listen to that. And I'm just going to provide grace for my body on the days where I'm not. So I love you. Send me a message. I am here for you. Um, and just keep on slaying. Bye, guys. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.